0: hello there guys what is going on Daniel Childs back here again for another edition of let's talk Chelsea breaking down the latest news surrounding Stamford Bridge it is Wednesday the 4th of January 2023 We've got quite a bit of news to get through. Enzo Fernandez, the latest on that potential deal from Benfica. Mikhailo Mudrik, uh, the winger from Shakhtar Donetsk. Apparently Chelsea trying to hijack Arsenal's deal for that player and potential meetings happening this week. And also we're going to be reacting a little bit to Graham Potter's press conference ahead of that massive clash uh, against Manchester City tomorrow night at Stamford Bridge in the Premier League. Some of the comments he made about new signing David Datra Fofana but also I, I do want to respond to the reaction to some of his comments that I do think have been overblown before we get into any of that good stuff if you're new around here on my YouTube channel please hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so you don't miss any of the uploads regarding Chelsea we've got the latest news interviews all that good stuff as well We're going to be reacting to tomorrow night's game against man City so make sure you're hitting that notification bell so you get all the uploads uh, notified to you also if you are listening on the podcast thank you so much for tuning in son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 min podcast network regular content going up on the podcast feed as well but let's get into the news i think the f- the first place to start is the big story of this month and i think it will be the big story of this month if it does get done and um, even if it doesn't i think it has dominated already a lot of the thinking regarding chelsea's transfer business and that is benfica and argentinian midfielder enzo fernandez will it be done Let's start with this report from Lazar Kinsella in the Evening Standard. This was yesterday. Chelsea close in on Enzo Fernandez's deal as Benfica talks progress. Chelsea are now locked into negotiations over the structure of a club record £112 million deal to sign midfielder Enzo Fernandez. The 21 year old has broadly agreed personal terms with Chelsea and even failed to turn up for Benfica training in a bid to force a move to Stamford Bridge. Chelsea want to pay the transfer fee for Fernandez in free thirty. million installments as they bid to stay in line with UEFA financial fair play rules the latest from Ben Jacobs from CBS here tweeting this little thread Chelsea and Benfica held further and long talks last night. That was Tuesday night uh, for Enzo Fernandez. Still some key points of difference. Benfica are prepared to sell in a deal spread over multiple installments. But asked for a bigger first payment. Chelsea though are sticking to their position due to the strength of overall offer. Way above the current market value and FFP rules. Deal remains close and Chelsea still encouraged. Because there feels an urgency by all parties to resolve things. But talks needed on Wednesday uh, before anything is done and then we've got this little bit that came out of uh, portuguese media that benfica president rui costa is kind of the defining part of this deal now believes the only possible outcome is for enzo fernandez to be sold to chelsea this led him to mandate george Mendes to negotiate with the blues in london i would say the the optimism around this deal continues to grow maybe some of those reports that it's effectively done are a little bit premature but you know with each passing day it seems like it's a matter of when and not if again we know in these deals specifically about you know a deal of this size that also has ffp uh sort of ramifications potentially for chelsea that they may step away from this deal and we spoke about simon johnson's report in the athletic regarding potential alternatives edson alvarez from ajax uh alex McAllister from brighton um Casado, other players as well you know, there, there could be another route Chelsea go down. Uh, I do find it interesting. Chelsea have gone so early in this window for Enzo Fernandez, and maybe given themselves that kind of insurance policy in a way that if this deal does fall through for their first choice this month, they're not going to sort of sit back and and not do anything in midfield. They do want to sign a midfielder this window, but um, hopefully. A resolution can be found because it's just so huge and it also is huge for enzo fernandez to come into chelsea to hopefully impact things at a time of real need for graham potter so let me know your opinions do you think this deal will be done I, i'm optimistic it will be um just from what i'm hearing and, and also just you know chelsea's intent to get these deals over the line uh, and to really i think avoid what happened in the summer with so many deals being hijacked and it look it looking like players being done and they're not being done i think that reputation you know you don't want that sort of sticking with the new owners that they can't get deals over the line so hopefully that will be the case for Enzo Fernandez, and he will become a Chelsea player this month uh, which would be really exciting a player that I'm not sure Chelsea need it seems like Chelsea are interested is Mikhailo Mudrik this is also from the Evening Standard from Nazar Kinsella that Chelsea could hijack Arsenal's transfer bid with Shakhtar Next meeting set Chelsea apparently prepared to meet the Shakhtar Next director raising a possibility that they could hijack Arsenal's bid to sign Mudrik Mudrik is 21 and is Mikel primary target during the January transfer window. And the Gunners have raised their offer to £62 million after an initial £55 million offer was rejected. Shakhtar have neither accepted nor rejected the second offer yet, but have invited Chelsea into a meeting later this week. I believe there's been a, a small update on this that they're asking for higher prices. They may have even rejected a second offer too. And it may get to that point where Arsenal in particular, and I'm hearing some people who obviously cover Arsenal thinking that it may be time for Arsenal to back out out of this deal now Chelsea going in for a wide player in Madrid just looking at some of his stats this season he has been impressive three Champions League goals in six games that was a six group games uh scored really a really good finish uh, against Celtic that I'm sure many people have seen he also has seven goals in 12 league matches this season for Shakhtar and the Ukrainian League which of course restarted uh, I believe in September and October time and just looking at FB ref uh, where he ranks uh, among players uh, in this position he does rank in the 99th percentile uh for non-penalty goals non-penalty xg assists his numbers look good i think if you watch clips obviously clips on youtube can make any player look good again as i always want to be honest with you guys i'm not an expert on this player Uh, if you are let me know your feelings on him if you have watched him on a more regular basis I don't think this is one of my priorities. I have to admit, I I know wide positions is something that we are kind of concerned about, but I think that the port of call for me is is central midfield and also a wide player. I have mentioned the name of Jeremy Frimpong uh, from Bayer Leverkusen. Heard a little bit about that last month, but it hasn't kind of got off the ground. So maybe, you know, Chelsea aren't seriously looking him at all, but that would be one of my preferences of of a player that can do two things. I think that Frimpong can offer a wide option and exciting, I think, raw, also very direct, wide option, but also players right back, which I think is very important for Chelsea currently. Uh, but Mudra, you know, he's one of these players that I think is obviously causing a lot of interest. And, and Chelsea and apparently Todd Bowley, the new owners, were out in Qatar having several meetings about players. And he falls into, the you know, 21 years old, he falls into this bracket and, and age profile player that Chelsea had been targeting. I do think that, let's say, in a world Chelsea do sign this player or do sign a wide player, I do think one of Christian Pulisic and specifically Hakim Ziyech I could see be on the move this uh, window. I really could because... You're kind of just thinking, where are all these players going to play? And also, Kala martin is out on loan at Bayer Leverkusen. I mean, what's the future of him going to be heading into next summer when he returns from that loan uh, in Germany? I I do think that he'd maybe consider also departing because this is a young player you're really heavily investing in. Is Raheem Sterling going to be going anywhere? Um, Christian Pulisic, it's kind of 50-50 for me. Um, and other players who can play in those wide areas as well it's it's a big question I think for Graham Potter for Todd Bowley for the new recruitment team over you know getting these players in also Christopher Nkunku I mean where is he going to line up in all of this so let me know your opinions on Mudrik do you think this is a player Chelsea really need to be hijacking um, considering also the price that it could go up to with other deals that could be done for Chelsea this window let me know in the comments below the final thing to speak about today is uh, Graham Potter did his press conference uh, for the uh, pre-match ahead of Manchester City and his uh, comments unsurprisingly have caused uh, a little bit of outrage on social media I don't know why uh, we're going to get into some of this I think the first thing to react to is this piece from Adam Newsom in Football London uh, Graham Potter outlines David for Fafana plan and explains big transfer problem facing Chelsea he was asked about Fafana who was obviously present at the game against Nottingham Forest on Sunday and was just asked about you know what are the plans for him when he when he uh, arrives he said, we still need to wait for clearance and all those formalities. Uh, he's been on a bit of a break, so we'll give him some time to train, to assess him and then work out the best solution in terms of taking the next next step in his career. So I did see a report out of um, Holland that uh, PSV could be interested in taking for out out unknown loan for the second half of this season. Um, I think some of it may lie on what Chelsea do in the attack. If Chelsea don't sign a centre-forward and we stick with, say, Kai Havertz and Aubameyang, I think the chances of Fofana at least sticking around for the next few months until the summer probably increases just to have that option off the bench. If we do go out there and sign an attacker and you maybe could argue that Madrid could sort of fall into this category then I think Fafana will probably be looking to get a loan. Uh, I may be wrong on that front. You know, if Mujic comes in, Ziyech goes, then you still have maybe a striker problem for the second half of the season. Uh, But Fafana, be interesting to see what happens with him. We do have the FA Cup game on Sunday. I still think that that would be unlikely for him to feature. And the shame of it is if we do go out on Sunday, there's a real opportunity for him to get some early minutes at Chelsea and get his debut. So we will see. So just finally, I do want to pick up on some of the reaction to another quote from Graham Potter because he was asked about the Man City game. Could this be a great chance for Chelsea to kickstart their season with the difficulties? Um, Reading again from Football London here via Adam Newsom and kind of the full transcript of his press conference that I will link below uh, just so you can read everything he said. Um, This is what he was asked. He he was asked, do you see the Man City game as a chance to kickstart the season? I wouldn't say kickstart as we've played only 15 matches. Such a lot has happened in those 15 matches and I've been here only four months and it feels a lot longer than that if I'm honest. It's a season that is obviously unique. We see Man City as an opportunity to play against one of the best teams in the world. It'll be a different game from the one we faced on New Year's Day but it'll be complicated and tough. You need those games and, and you need these ones like Nottingham Forest as well as much as we want to win and I don't want to sound like it's acceptable to lose it's not but unfortunately part of the game is dropping points is not succeeding you've got to suffer and get better When I think back to how I got to this point a lot of the things are the setbacks and the moments of struggle so it's not thinking of it as a kickstart we focus on the next match try to improve and try to get better so maybe I'm in the minority I don't see what Graham Potter said there that was so offensive and of course all the reactions are what you'd probably expect Uh, Regarding Chelsea fans, frustration with Graham Potter, the lack of charisma, um, standards, you know, disrespecting the club, you know, not taking things seriously enough, not speaking like a Chelsea head coach. I do have to talk about this because it has irritated me and and it's it's part of like the double standards that you so or or sort of double think I think is a better way to represent my frustration of kind of what I'm seeing at the moment the hypocrisy of of people taking multiple positions at the same time which you see so often on social media for very different you know uh, subjects but particularly about football um, to kind of spite a player or spite a manager uh, where for instance after Nottingham Forest Graham Potter says we didn't deserve more than a point. Now, I think most of us watching that game would make that assessment. Now, before uh, we returned after the World Cup, people's frustration with Graham Potter uh, was that he was being maybe too positive in certain situations about the players when we got a poor result, wasn't being honest about it um, and saying, you know, you're really dragging down the standards. That's usually what I'm seeing regarding uh, accusations towards Graham Potter. But then when he is honest and says i don't think we deserve more than a point once again he is accused of dragging down standards and praising the opposition too much uh he can't win obviously in that situation and it does seem like to me a lot of the criticism aimed at graham potter's personality and what he says in a press conference and interviews uh which i'm not sure how much i put stock into because I'm judging Graham Potter as Graham Potter. I'm judging him as a coach. And and mainly I'm judging him based on performances. If you have a problem with Chelsea's performances, which I think all of us have so far this season for different reasons, absolutely fair. If you have a problem with his tactical approach, absolutely fair. When I start hearing things, really shallow things, it about what he should be saying in press conferences what he isn't saying is in press conferences oh he isn't motivating i'm seeing clips reshared of thomas tuchel berating conor gallagher earlier in the season um and saying we need this from a chelsea head coach i've seen clips of emma hayes in the i think it was the, the zone documentary that was made uh where she was in a team meeting with her squad and was kind of berating them for recent performances uh, those kind of things are behind closed doors, by the way. I mentioned this on Twitter. You know, those kind of meetings we very rarely see. So we don't know how Graham Potter interacts with his players inside the dressing room at Cobham when when it's away from the camera. So for me to judge that and for me to guess what that is like just because of his touchline demeanor and what he says in press conferences, I think would be naive. Um, it may be similar. Um, he may have kind of a, a very calm way of approaching things, but we don't know. So that that's one part of it. And then also on sort of the Tuchel thing, um, Tuchel berating Conor Gallagher and, and having that emotion on the touchline, sure, at times was, was was something that Chelsea fans connected with. But that was during a run when performances were really bad, and he was still being very active on the touchline, like Tuchel has always been in his career. Um, but Chelsea weren't playing great football; they were playing a similar brand of football or, or similar type of football to what they are now. They, they were not that impressive; they were not that engaging; they were playing a, a boring style of football uh, that wasn't very impressive. So. Again, overblown. I think people, you know, are dismissing facts. You know, you could have used better clips to kind of demonstrate Tuchel at his best, maybe during the Champions League run, not during a game when Chelsea were playing really badly against West Ham at the time um, and really struggled. And I think Graham Potter is just, I don't know. It seems like to me people want him to kind of go through the old hits of, of previous Chelsea head coaches. They want him to act like Jose Mourinho. They want him to act like Thomas Tuchel. They want him to act like Antonio Conte on the touchline. I want him to act like Graham Potter. Sure, there are times where maybe I'd want him to appreciate that he is maybe at a bigger club and saying certain things, unfortunately, will trigger a certain reaction. But what I don't want Graham Potter to do, I'm not interested in him becoming a completely different coach and just saying things that I want to hear on a regular basis. What I want is, is for him to improve Chelsea on the pitch as a coach and to show that coaching technique and an impressive part of, of his kind of character that we've seen improve the likes of Austin Swansea and Brighton before he got this job um, I don't want him to just you know be a tribute act because he's going to fail if he tries to be something else I want him to fail or succeed as Graham Potter um, so I just I think so much of this is, is really shallow and, and nonsensical and I just we are getting to a point now unfortunately if results don't improve uh, and that's of course his responsibility and the players responsibility where I, I could just see this getting worse and I just don't think it's a very valid you know criticism to me I think that performances and results you know graham potter was was acting the exact same way in his first few weeks in charge when chelsea were playing well and getting good results and playing some really nice football in my opinion you know getting you know he, he wasn't active on the touchline and we were winning no one was complaining back then about his touchline demeanor Now we're not winning anymore um, and we're we're getting bad results. That is the reason I think it's it's very easy for people in football to kind of make those assessments. I just don't think it's very fair. And I think that, you know, judging Graham Potter for what he's doing as a coach himself and, and specifically what's happening on the pitch, I think is more relevant to the conversation. But that is it for today's edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. got some good content coming up. We've got Benoit Badashile. We've got a special uh, with a with a really good guest who knows the player quite well uh, coming up on the channel. I, I will see when that's going to be uploaded. It may actually be uploaded before this video if Chelsea announce the signing of Benoit Badashile. But if you are listening on the podcast, make sure to go over on, on the YouTube channel and check that out. It will, will obviously be on the feed as well um, in the upcoming days. Uh, but I'm excited to record that one. I'm excited to get into into one of Chelsea's newest signings and hopefully this month we're gonna have type of content like that because i think people enjoy it but thank you so much for for tuning in subscribe hit that notification bell follow on the podcast follow on twitter and tiktok at son chelsea and i will see you again very soon all the best